0: This is Bragg, son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a LOTRO podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Deacons are lit. Lotho no calls for aid, and Brag shall answer. Amandine is ablaze, and buffoonery is. Key. Kindled. Welcome back to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast that also dabbles in books, movies, gaming, and the lore of John. Come get your kicks on episode number 66. I'm your host, Brag of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shield, Swipe, the Earl of Agro, Battle Ready, and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ in my own domicile in Arid Luin. So taking a look around my house, I realized geez, I have not been back here in quite some time. As a matter of fact, not since the last update because as I look around, I can see that a few of the home decorations that I have are askew and diagonally launched into the wall. And so I turned on my decorating control on my mini map and uh, started adjusting some things so they could appear fully, uh, which leads me to believe that I have not been here in quite some time since the update or I probably would have done so previously and I must say the little uh, 3D cubes that appear uh, for adjustments of your furnishings is pretty darn cool. I'm going to have to mess with this a little bit at some point in time but the reason I'm here is because uh, I don't have a determined spot for LTB tonight. since the 10th anniversary has been in process and since the theme of the 10th anniversary is a scavenger hunt, I determined that the best way uh, to determine tonight's WWHQ would be to partake of one of the uh, either in-league or Moria kegs in the house and let that determine where it should be this evening. So I'm going to randomly spin around in circles with my eyes closed and see I am now facing the Moria keg. And I'm going to imbibe from the Moria keg. I am clicking on it now. I am taking a drink. And, mm, mm, delicious, okay. So uh, now I have uh, imbibed of the Moria keg. I'm going to go dance a jig on top of my table in the middle of my house. And let four things wait for things to take their course appropriately. And, yeah, staggering around. Woo, woo, hee, woo, where's my pants? Yep. And I'm out. Okay. And we'll see in a moment where I appear. I am materializing. And I can't see very well because I'm drunk. Things look purple. Ooh, the tagline tells me I am in the foundations of stone. I don't know that I've ported here before. This is interesting. And I appear to be upon a jagged out. Outcropping of rock sticking up from the ground. And uh, I am way up high in the air in a part of the cave I have never seen before. And I appear to be in an area that would be very dangerous for me if I was actually at level. uh, To the east of the bridge shard and to the west of the... uh, To the shadowed cave entrance. Yes, as a matter of fact... (laughs) I can't see very well yet because of my drunk vision, but I don't know if I can jump off of here and survive. So uh, we're going to wait for our vision to clear. In the meantime, we're going to move on with other activities for this evening. Uh, Let me see, I guess we better move on to our next beacon while I figure out where my pants are and what I'm going to do. On to Ilanok. As usual, we first deal with a lot of C.R.A.P. corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. Last time out, we offended uh, people with ears. Uh, People with ears were offended by last week's podcast. And uh, the bigger their ears, the more they were likely offended, if you know what I mean. (coughs) Elves! And to all those who were offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt sorry. Viewer comments... Let's check the leaderboard. The last review of the podcast was left by no nicknames allowed on March 9th of 2017. So he currently has our high score. If you want to join this illustrious vacuum of reviewers, then please, by all means, continue to do absolutely nothing. Listener feedback on last week's episode was zip. They were as disgusted as I were. Uh, in the Twitter sphere. Uh, the few folks... Commented that I uh, felt I should have put maybe an NSFW rating on my last top 10 list. Uh, but besides that, the anniversary chatter really doth continue apace in the Twitter sphere. Um, just a cavalcade of articles, pictures, celebrations uh doodads and so forth uh for the lotro 10th anniversary continuing of outpouring from the community which is really fun to see it's fun to see the community celebrating this milestone in the way they have it's been uh well popular uh, well publicized by ter- uh, ssg and uh we have taken the torch and run with it so that's good stuff In the community spotlight, the Lotro Beacon came out last week, and it had no idea what to make of uh, my podcast, which was entitled A Decade of Self-Gratification, clearly. So the blurb he used was to say, uh, Light the Beacons celebrates 10 years of Lotro. (laughs) Uh, That's not what I said, but okay, it's what I meant. But I said it way more offensively than that. So these guys are like, "Um, I'm not sure why we backed this horse and put him in the Lotro Beacon every week. I'm starting to think we're going to regret this. Uh, Anyway, in addition to that, from a community spotlight perspective, I did want to uh, lend my appreciation to the Lotro Players News 200th episode, which came out last week. Uh, As Braxwolf, who came back to co-host, said, it equals the... The last episode, or the total episode, total of uh, Casual Stroll to Mortar, which uh, I think finished up with its 200th episode, its 200th marathon episode. Um, geez, it seems like so far, go, so long ago now. Um, you know, but it's probably only been about four years, I guess. And uh, equaling CSTM is quite a, an accomplishment and a feat and a testament to everything, all the people that have contributed over there. There seems to be lots of round numbers flowing around right now. This is fun to see. Uh, It was great to hear some of the old hosts rejoin and to talk about some of the fun outtakes and highlights of the podcast over the years. So I'd like to pass along my appreciation and congratulations to LPN on episode 200. And of course, wishing them many more returns. From a forums insider perspective, I haven't been out to the forums recently so i'm sorry i'm all out of acidic vitriol in this week's action-packed episode though we are going to as always talk a little bit more about what we've been doing in game these past few weeks we're going to dissect an enchanting evening in lotro and we are going to rehash musings on the 10th anniversary lastly as always if we have any time remaining we will provide the precise technical details and settings that will allow turbine to eradicate all lag from the game forever so stick stick around for that But if we want to have time for that, we better get moving. So let's move on to our third beacon. We are at the beacon of Nardal, and I have to say, I was distracted momentarily. There is a beautiful view from up here now that things have cleared. The foundations of stone are looking especially purple. And actually, as I look across at the top level of the cavern, I can see the endless stair in the distance, just a shadow with the lights that play around it in um, a spiraling pattern that go up. I can see the bridge shard clearly below me. And as I was checking out that view and moving around, I did slip off this bridge shard and thought for sure I was plunging to my death. Uh, As I fell, I looked to the east and I could see the tantalizing cave of shadow, uh, the opening that leads to it as I was falling, something I've tried to reach in the past uh, on the various stalagmites sticking up from the ground and have never been able to penetrate. Uh, But somehow I survived landing on a piece of rock and I can kind of see through almost that eye level into the cave. It's so tantalizing. When will they open it up? Someday. Uh, Someday. Um, when I have an eagle mount, I'll be flying in there. So what else have I been doing in-game this past week, or in games in general? Still playing Clash of Clans, and I mention it because I should say that uh, I am Master Level 2. been trying to see if I can work my way up to Champions Level 1, because there's a sizable gem uh, provision that happens if you reach that achievement. But uh, I'm starting to realize... Uh, how tough it's going to be to do that without uh, quite a bit of improvement of my current uh, clan settlement. And I think what I've realized at Master 2, uh, every attack that is offered me, almost every attack that is offered me, is of opponents which are superior to me in terms of their walls, in terms of their armaments, in terms of their reinforcements, excuse me, um, which is making it very difficult. Just about everybody has two lava towers, three crossbows, and an eagle artillery. And uh, and most of their uh, most of their defensive structures are superior to mine. So I'm starting to realize I'm probably over leveled for how developed my settlement is. And I think this is the reason in the past uh, often I've been artificially promoted with uh, with points um, from defending against people who uh, appear with their king or queen or, or one troop attack and then uh, and then fail or stop attack. And I've always wondered what is happening to those people. They must be getting disconnected from the server that they would start an attack and then lose immediately. And now I'm starting to realize I think it's a technique that people use to lose points in order to move down in level to a point where it's easier to gain uh, treasures when attacking. And uh, I think that is what's happening. So it's a confirmation of why people do single queen-king attacks and then quit because it's getting really hard to find targets at master level 2 uh what else been doing still playing over overwatch i did jump in back into bioshock uh, this past two weeks killed a few more big daddies and uh, sometimes it takes a lot of reps to do that but uh, uh i am starting to get a little stronger by uh siphoning off the power of the little sisters that they control uh so each time i'm able to accomplish that it does uh um Gain me a little bit of ground. I'm not really sure how far into that game I am at this point. Uh, I feel like I've been playing, you know, a significant amount and accomplishing a lot. But uh, it is a big underground city, and I, I don't have a good feel for how big the map is. The way they reveal it to you. So I think I could be since with the frequency I'm playing that game at, I think I could be in there for quite a while yet. And uh, I've been on a hiatus from Shadow of Mordor, but uh, a new game has made it to the house this week. Um, my baby dwarf went to the library and found a copy, copy of Battlefront for the PS4, Star Wars Battlefront, which uh, I've never played before, and uh, is usually out at the library when we've looked in the past. Um, so he's been playing that this week, and I have to say, from watching him play. The graphics, of course, very cool. Seeing the iconic characters in the game, of course, very cool. And the environments that they've recreated from the worlds of the game are uh, are excellent. Uh, watching them play 40 on 40 PVP is crazy. <laughs> there are explosions, uh, you know, missile strikes from off the planet, there's strafing fighters, there's grenades going off, laser blasts in every direction. It is crazy, but it's also pretty cool. All in all, though, I, I did try and I did play it with them, and it was it was fun. But it seemed, especially in the 40 on 40 PvP, it seemed the deaths were like too random, without the ability for my gameplay to make much of a difference. I'd like run, run, run back into the fight, and then like this huge crossfire, huge explosions, and I you know didn't even know how I died really, or what I could have possibly done to prevent it. Maybe being a little more careful, sneaking in, or teaming up with others, track and cover. I'm sure as you play more, you would get better at it. Uh, But right now, it seems like a lot of running directly to your death repeatedly. And uh, I know as I play more, um, you know, that would improve and I'd gain some skills that would hopefully let me survive a a little bit more frequently. But uh, how how much would your gameplay impact that? Interesting. Uh, From a movie's perspective, I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming out. Hoping to catch that this coming week. And if I do, I'll give you my impressions. So what has been going on in LOTRO, though? The anniversary events have been ongoing. And uh, I was trying to focus on my alts that didn't have the Toasty moat, Send them scattered about Bree chasing down envelopes. Um... Of course, I got both the Toasty Moat and the Worst Reveler's appearance the first time I did the quest on Bragg, who already had both. And uh, I, been, I was running the gift cycle a little bit, which appears to be the quickest way to generate the seven anniversary wrapper quests uh, to get the additional um, the additional wrapper uh, rewards that they have now. Uh, the trick is to remember to pick them. Pick up that quest at the party tree before you start doing any anniversary events in Brie. But if you do, um, doing the gift cycle that uh, starts, well, it starts anywhere along the chain, but if you start it around the boar fountain in Brie, it sends you into Comb. It sends you up to the uh, uh, the uh, the pub in Comb. I believe it sends you to Mickle Delving, to the Burden Baby Inn, and then up to Thorns Hall, etc. By the time you're all said and done, you've got five or six quests under your belt. Uh, which is a good way towards that. So that's a good way to pile up. Boy, the North Athelian Essences are really piling up now. It's pretty easy to get those, as well as uh, the rewards you can get from doing quests in the Wastes that drop North Athelian Essences. So I have a good, pretty good pile of them in the vault. And, uh, uh, heck, it's a lot easier to use those than to uh, wait for a universal solvent and upgrade... Um, you know an old Anorian essence or to collect three North Athelian essences and trade them in for a wild essence and when you look at the differences in stats that's not really that great <laughs> so I don't know if I'm gonna grind you know I'm pretty happy to use the North Athelian essences at this point given how prolific they are but if I mix in a couple of the other kind, that's great too. I did get a golden and silver dragon kite uh, from from the anniversary event, and I cashed in a whole bunch of steel tokens for marks, cram tokens, potions, and and a bunch of zircon shards and etc. I got the toast of on two more emote on two more alts, and I completed years one, two, and about two thirds of my way on year three. Uh, with only a bunch of instances left to run to finish off year three and starting on year four quests from the scavenger hunt. So Bragg specifically has completed all Slayer Dates for the Wastes, and uh, I thought I was honing in on completion of uh, really the last deed that I have in the Wastes, which is uh, uh, the Enemies Beneath quest. And I thought I was honing in on completion of it when I killed my twelfth leader, which means basically... For each resource run, either in Squawrunk or Towers of the Teeth, Uh, you can kill one leader, you know, unless you have a deed accelerator on, which doesn't seem worth it for how long it takes to get to the end of the instance. Probably only get a couple runs in on a deed accelerator, so it seems like a waste of a deed accelerator. So I got my 12th leader and finished off that deed, and then I found out there is an advanced level where you need 24 leaders for advanced. (laughs) Crap. (laughs) Okay, so... um, I think I've done maybe another four. So I have like 20 outstanding, you know, if you wanted to do the group and solo instances each day, obviously you could get four without deed accelerators a day and be finished within a week, but I don't have that kind of time. So uh, I'll chip away at it here and there. um, And, uh, you know, maybe in a couple weeks time, I'll finish that off. That'd be nice because it's the last deed I have in the waste, which would trigger some nice rewards at the end of the day um i did get on a squarunk speed run the other night which is something i'd never seen before uh and i, I don't know if it's an exploit but uh you know i think SSG might want to look at fixing it anyway just in case so i got in a group where um i they said we're doing a speed run i said what's that they said just follow us i said okay i'll just follow along and what it is is uh they have a Bjorning run all the way through the caves and aggro everything and basically Try to keep from being stunned until he gets to the final cave. And if he has a set of lockpicks on him when he runs inside of the last chest, it activates the chest. Everybody else follows him, runs all the way through, doesn't kill anything. And you try to click on the reward chest um, before you're killed, basically. And you let yourself be killed and you're done. You don't do any of the extra quests. You don't do any of the kills. You don't get the leader kill at the end. Uh, But instead of taking anywhere from... you know. Depending on the instance, 20 minutes to upwards of 45 minutes to finish one of those resource runs When a fellowship. You can get it done in about two minutes (laughs) and get the war materials at the end. So I am guessing SSG, if they get wind of this, will make the chest not openable unless you're out of combat. And that'll probably solve that problem, I would imagine. Or uh, just make it contingent on the leader being killed in the final room. And that would take care of it. Uh, I don't really care for doing it myself. Uh, I'm not sure if it's an exploit or not, so why risk it? And uh, you know, finishing off all the other quests and everything, and getting the extra materials that drop from the guys, etc., is uh, you know more fun and more productive anyway. It seems to me. Uh, what else has been going on? Uh, I did achieve celebrated rep uh, with the camp of the host. I'll talk a little bit about that more later. You know, why don't the instance runs, though, for the resources, either solo or group, why don't they drop camp of the host rep? Because the only way to get camp of the host rep has been through repeatables and through roving threats um, since all the quests were complete. And there's just an awful lot of tiers of rep to get. If you weren't using rep accelerators the whole way, it would be a huge hassle to try to get to the last tier and finish everything up. And uh, it seems to me that allowing at least some resource, um, some reputation wins on the resources would be a good way to help ameliorate that. Uh, yeah, the most efficient way of completing the rep appears to be running the RT cycles on a daily basis. Uh, those are pretty easy. Sometimes you can get some local repeatable quests done along the way as well as the horse uh stampeding across the landscape you can kill a number of uh things which trigger the uh, you know the 20 kill 20 things in the waste or t- kill 20 things in this like hill's quests and even the kill 20 things in lang ruven quest so you can get a few of those out of the way as well uh the rt uh the rt runs in the waste are pretty simple except for the troll boss you gotta watch out for him if you're a melee class and you go too near him as he tears up in corruptions he will crush your face he will one shot you. I think some people said you know it's it's ex- exponential damage for every corruption. So depending on how long it takes to kill him, I think someone said they got hit, killed. They got hit for like eighty million damage or something like that once. So uh, being a guard in melee with barely with no basically range skills on my war steed. Uh, what I found is, uh, basically make your circle as wide as possible and get only close enough to be able to trigger a melee skill to go off. Um, and then quickly get back out of range is your only hope of surviving. I would say every time we take down a troll roving threat in the wastes, uh, if there's 24 people in the raid, uh, about eight or nine of them are going to die during the course of that one. Uh, the others are all pretty easy. And uh, like I said, I hope you saved up all your on-sale rep accelerators. I've actually been handing in things at the task board to try to build rep for Camp of the Host, uh, just to try to speed that along. And um, I have been, of course, for the provisioners, weaponists, and armors, started to smith up rep items on a daily basis for all of my um, for all of my crafters. And uh, I think that's going to be a program that's going to be in effect for quite some time. I'm getting pretty quick at it. I can, uh, I can. you know, most of them are sitting right at crafting facilities right now. If I'm not using them for something else, I log in. I press the button. I open up an email to my main while I'm crafting it. As soon as it's done, I pop it in the email and send it off, log out, and uh, cycle through everybody every day for um you know, And having one tune active in the waste is usually enough to supply materials to everybody for what they need to be able to do the, the rep items daily. And uh, given the rewards that are available from those vendors, I'm going to be doing that for a while it looks like. Um, I did note that when you when you do re, uh, craft a rep item, you get a standard chance for five of the smaller items. Uh, so let's say if it's the provisioner, you get five salts. That might be worth 100 rep each. That's 500 or 1,000 with an accelerator, and it's about uh you know between a 25 and 30% chance to crit usually. If you do a crit, you'll get um, three items which are worth 500 each. So that's 1,500 rep instead of 500 and with accelerators. That's 3,000. So with three tiers of rep for each of those, um, it's still going to take a while. But if you have Six crafters at max level, and with the Anorian tier as I do, um, you know, pays to keep those guys moving. And uh, of course, those rep items are bound to account, so you can at least pass them to your alts, which is helpful. Um, if not being able to sell them in the auction house, so my mini is now next in line to work the wastes and to be and in the on the side, she's cooking up rep items. My Cappy is also working the waste on the side. He's jeweling up rep items. Uh, my lore master actually traded in some essences from two remaining pieces of light Nadine armor. Uh, I was going to put Northothelian essences in there, and I realized I needed level 105 gear to do that, which light Nadine armor is not. So I may have to look if I can afford flower pieces for my LM in order to take advantage of some better essence pieces in there. In the meantime, he's scholaring up rep items. My Berg finally been looking out for quite some time got in on a dragoc run and uh, we had one bug out but we went back in and actually were able to complete it the second time around Uh, The we only had I think seven people running the instance seven or eight uh, but the claws were just melting and uh, there were a bunch of people in there that hadn't done it before so I was able to provide some assistance and or guidance uh, this is the first time I've ever run Dragok on my Berg. I've been dying to get all the um, you know the new FMs done, so I could have those listed out in my social panel, and uh, just to practice doing it with the Berg, which I'd never done before. There was a second Berg in the FM group. I don't know what he was doing wrong, but he could not. We were supposed to be trading off, but for some reason he could not get his skills to trigger an FM. I'm not sure what he was doing wrong, but uh, I was running in red line. And for those of you who have a burg in line that are looking to do Dragok, um, your go-to FM creator, of course, is Force Opening. And after that, you should immediately hit Ready and Able if it's up and available to renew your Force Opening. Your backup should be uh, having a stack of marbles. And the one that some people forget is that... Um, if you do a faint attack, it enables you to do some uh, some skills from stealth that you normally would uh, if you're traded right in the red line. And that allows you to do a trip. So a trip is your third backup for being able to start an FM and I actually used that one several times to, to get the second FM in on, uh, you know, on a floor attack. So now I have the FMs in my bank in case I need to show them to a group going forward if I'm leading another group. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a pain to flip open that panel and flip the FM on and off so people can see it as you're running across the floor, especially if you're the FM starter, you got other things to worry about. I do remember there used to be a plug-in for this back in the day. It was called Dragox CJ that would allow you to kind of click on a button and show the next CJ in the order to the group. It would appear in the chat window as uh, you know yellow, red, yellow, red, red, or whatever the case may be. Um, it's still out there, but I'm not sure if it works anymore. I, I haven't seen... I've not, uh, I've never been the CJ poster in that run, so it didn't matter for me. But I'm, I'm wondering if that plugin still works. If any of you guys out there have used it recently? Um, again, I think the Berg in the FM group is a bad choice to be showing the conjunctions. Uh, anyway, in my opinion, it would be better to give it to somebody who's uh, near the back of the near the back of the line as far as the CJ goes. And aside from that, my Berg has been weaponing up his rep items. My hunter has been doing uh, Rohan task hand-ins in Tor Druidan and uh, just actually got kindred there. So I just had extra shattered spears, which you can't use in the Wastes or North Ithilien task boards. So I've just been funneling to someone to use them in Tor Druidan and uh, just to get the Lotro points, which I did. And he's been word, word, word working up rep items. My Bjorning uh, opened anniversary envelopes. I think he was one of the guys that got the toast. I'm not sure. My Champ and RK and Moria have been dormant, except for my RK has been tailoring, tailoring up rep items. And my my Warden at level 36 has been idle for quite some time now. I want to make sure I forget absolutely everything about Gambits before I move forward with him. In other Intokian news, there is nothing going on, so let's move on to the fourth beacon of Aralas. Erelas, we're going to recount a perfect night of Lotro. Sometimes everything just comes together, uh, but it's not always that way. Okay, sometimes you log into the game out of habit, and your character screen comes up, and no one jumps out at you with anything you really want to do. So you pick one randomly that you seem least ambivalent about, and you log into Bree or Galtrev or Minas Tirith wherever you left them, and you try to figure out what to do with them. What was I up to on this character? What was I trying to accomplish? I have too many alts. There's no new content just released or coming in the immediate future. The featured instance instance is one you've run a thousand times and you hate. There's no quest in your quest tracker that catch your eye. There's no group calls in world chat or LFF that seem appealing. There's more gold spammers and trolls than anything else in world chat. And you certainly don't feel motivated to lead or start a group yourself. No kinnies are on, or if they are, they seem to be AFK. The guy next to you in town is a bare-chested dwarf arcane named Get My Go- Get my Rocks Off. R-O-X, of course. And uh, your worst deed is lagging so bad he looks like he's on a merry-go-round. Then your video card crashes when you ride into Minas Tirith. Deeding for virtues? Don't even think about it tonight. So you run in circles a few times, jump up and down, try to attract its attention, but Dwarven apathy wins and you log out. It does not happen often to me, but it does happen here and there. It's just this general Lotro MMO malaise. Why isn't someone entertaining me? Why do I have to entertain myself? And then other times, everything just falls into place like magic. Like, you've been waiting to do this new instance forever with this one character that's never done it. Like a Berg for Draegok, example. And the first thing you see when you log in is 11 for 12 for Dragoch, need a Berg starting now. Or new bingo quests are out. There's a festival on. The new updates hit next week. Your kidneys are filling your chat window with puns and rants to respond to. Your auction stuff sold. Your store items are on sale. And well, I had a night like that this past week. I logged in, and I decided to spend my anniversary corns before they go away. So I have just enough left to buy a dragon helmet gift bundle, and I put it in the auction house for 35 gold just to see what would happen. In the meantime, I decide to chip away on anniversary scavenger quests. So I try Attack at Dawn Tier 3. And uh, I noticed that if you're doing both quests from Year 3 of Scavenger Hunt, there are a number of orcs to kill. One of the orc groups is... The, oh gosh, I think it's the blog mail that are on Doldinen. So if you do the attack at dawn skirmish, you can kill those orcs while you're in the skirmish. And there are a number of others that are very similar to that. Um, I think it's uh, some of the Mirkwood skirms obviously will let you kill orcs in that region. And uh, there were some others that had some, I think uh, the rift might allow you to kill some of the ones in uh, in Angmar, etc. So you can get two banks for your buck there. So I'm doing Attack at Dawn Tier 3, and it goes awry. Not in terms of the skirm itself. Uh, Bragg handily makes his way all the way up to the final tent. But as he runs into the final boss battle, I get a video card schedule fail error, and my uh, computer locks up and restarts and kicks me out. Uh, When I get back in, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to fail. I just started the encounter, and the goblin's going to get out, and uh, Esteldin is doomed. But uh, I log back in, and that's not the case. Um, I'm at the bottom of the hill, but I can run back up. And I finish the skirm handily, but unfortunately, I don't get credit for it in the anniversary deed. So somehow locking up and, and uh, getting knocked out of the skirm uh, wasted my time on that. So that seems like a fail, right? Why is this such a perfect evening? Well, I got a drop of both a loot box and key. And when I open up the loot box, as I look at my uh, inventory after the skirm, and as I open up the loot box, I get a pick amount, <laughs> which enables me to get the red skeleton steed on brag, which uh, I've had in other tunes, but never on my main. So I'm sorry, Draculetta, but it does happen. Uh, what else drops as well is pick amount is a uh, Tomb of Fate 5. Uh, and tombs are often sell well, very well in the auction house. So I make a mental note to stop by there. But five minutes later, I'm looking at chat and someone calls out looking to pay money for Tomb of Fate 1, 2, or 5. I said, Hey, I've got it. What's the going price? He said, uh, Between 180 and 200. I said, I'll give it to you for 175. Is that fair? He said, Sure. So five minutes later, after completing the skirm, I'd sell the Tomb of Fate for 175 gold. So, decided to continue anniversary quests. I went to Mirkwood to kill some birthrang orcs. And then I took a stroll through Moria uh, from there. Because you can do a quick port from Ascalad over to Inner Calisgaladon, and then to the 21st Hall. Uh, I did a fast horse down to the uh, Foundations of Stone where I was able to kill 10 Globsnaga. And then uh, cut across the Redhorn Lodes in the Southern Passageway to get into the Flaming Deeps to kill 10 Gashi High. And just as I finished the last limb of them off, I got an invitation to an RT run of the Wastes, which is something I've been trying to do on Bragg as much as possible to build up rep, to get that final tier of rep in the Wastes for the Camp of the Host. Um, so I finish off the RT run very quickly, and it gets me just to the cusp of the celebrated rep on Camp of the Host, and I didn't die in the troll fight, which is always good. In the meantime, I started to pick up gold extracts in the Wastes, uh... and i just finished enough just finished picking up my fortieth one which allowed me to get two lockpicks when i saw a call for a group for squarunk and tails of the teeth need a tank so i joined in uh... we had a good fun group challenging content uh... people uh... having fun in chat talking comparing notes there were people that died along the way uh... here and there but we never wiped and we were successful and uh... Boy, if you finish two fellowship runs of squirting towards the tank, your um, your bags are full. <laughs> your remote uh, inventory bags are full, and your full inventory bags are full. So it's time to do some inventory management. I said, geez, you know, I should drop off some stuff in the vault. And I go there, and my vault is maxed. So I log on to the lotro store. Hey, guess what's on sale? Extra storage. And I just happen to have enough lotro points to buy a vault upgrade, 20% off. I get my inventory sorted out. And I figure out that out of the drops I got out of the two runs, I had just enough um, just enough rep items to go to the armor and pick up a gold pocket item, which is a three essence slot improvement over the old pocket item I had, which was from Tor Duodan uh, that I got from the Wozes. Uh, and just a side note on that, if you're dealing with the armor he he gives each of the provisioners gives out uh, an item handy for everyone like a shield or an off dagger or uh, an axe or whatever the case may be uh, mini shield captain shield um, a pocket item and then uh, the armor also has a gold pocket item it's the weaponist that has all that same stuff I just talked about plus gold bracelets for sale and the provisioner which has a um, all the stuff I just talked about, plus earring, gold earrings for sale, and the gold items uh, usually require three. Um, oh, what are they called? Three uh, sigils that drop out of the resource instances. I seem to get one every time I finish a resource instance. So with the resource instances I'd finished up, I just got a third sigil, which was enough to pick up my gold pocket item for brag, and with this remaining um, vendor trash I had. I went to the task board and I had just enough tasks. At a, As I traded in my last task of the day, which I think is nine is my max. I got my, my, uh, my rep maxed out for celebrated for brag in the wastes, which is the last reputation tier I had that was not filled. So now all my rep is maxed out again. Uh, and my OCD is under control once more. Uh, by the way, the last rep tier in the wastes of Celebrated gives you 50 LOTRO points, which helped replenish my stock from the vault upgrade I had bought on sale. Um, there is a cosmetic cloak that drops also with uh, achieving that last reputation tier, and which matched my new mortar outfit that I had put together perfectly. And there's a gold cloak drop that drops out of that, uh, basically a pick a cloak box that drops out of that as well so I got a gold cloak to go with my gold pocket item as well for brag and uh, one last email before I log off my dragon helmet bundle sold 35 gold uh, that I had posted at the beginning of the evening so all in all a very good night by the time I'd logged off I'd had fun I'd been efficient and busy and utilized the whole time. I'd accomplished multiple things that were goals. I had made a new tidy pile of gold. I'd had good camaraderie, and I was well satisfied. Why can't all gaming evenings be like that? Moving on to the fifth beacon of Minriman. Now for the original weekly sponsor segment. This week, Light the Beacons is brought to you by Slag Hill Instant Coffee, the only coffee made from mortar post-battle remnants decayed over millennia into an artificial acidic polluted sludge. You can't tell me it's much worse than some of the stuff that most of you are drinking right now. I'm looking at you, unicorn frappuccino swillers, and it's guaranteed to perk you up as it burns your insides down. So what do you say? Give it a shot. YOLO, as the young guys say. Uh, unless you're an Astari Maiar, who was recently bested a Balrog, in which case, yolt. You only live twice, just like James Bond. Uh, Slag Hill Coffee, put some sludge in your mug. Now let's move on to the next beacon of Kalanhad. This week Callan had. Uh, I am going to reuse some material that I submitted recently to Burton and Scrooge, who is doing a 10th anniversary podcast uh, for Lotro, and they put a call out for request for input from the community. Uh, they'd been saying they'd been looking to do something like this for quite some time. That episode has not come out yet. I don't know if they'll use my quote uh, either in part or in its entirety or not at all. So I thought, hey. You know, I'm a lazy, apathetic podcaster. I'll uh, just reuse the material here. And uh, in case there are any of you who uh, might partake of my podcast, uh, but don't give them a listen. But if you don't, you should give them a listen. Burton and Scrooge is a quality product by some fine gentlemen who have interesting things to say. So please give them your purveyance. And in the meantime, enjoy this audio file I had about my 10th anniversary musings on LOTRO. Musings on the 10th anniversary of Lotro from Bragavilia, Gentlemen, I'm sure you have tons of material flowing in for this request, so I will try to keep it relatively short, but it's difficult not to wax both nostalgically and loquaciously on a subject so near and dear to my heart. Most of my most memorable moments in game revolve around firsts. My first truly dangerous quest in Arid Luin with no quest tracker, following a vague compass direction off the beaten path for the first time, Taking timorous steps, looking every which way for danger, not knowing what might lay beyond the trees or over the next hill, I still remember the specific quest, Old Bones, Level 13, and the sheer thrill of it all. Soon thereafter, I joined a kin and was logging on every night and staying up way too late to try not to miss anything, of course. My first major instance was a Dune run, and though we did not have time to finish that night, heck, it was a five-hour run back in the old days, We successfully raced against time to make it the top of Barishel's domain before the trolls could smash the bridges. I still have the picture of us at the top of Carn Doom, proudly celebrating the acquisition of our ornate Great Keys. Looking out over the expanse of Carn Doom below me, I was hooked. Perhaps my most memorable raid, as it was for many I imagine, was my first Rift run. I joined the game after the heyday of the Rift when everyone had moved on to Moria and Rift runs were hard to come by. Harder still was to have one called out in world chat where I happened to have a three plus hour window to play, which was basically never. One weekend, my family left for an overnight at our in-laws and I sensed my chance. I sat down at my laptop feverishly at 8 a.m. and started calling out one of 12 for the rift. Need a leader, (laughs) which is the uh, universal clause that probably probably doomed me. But a few hours later, perhaps out of sheer pity, a group was formed, and we made our way through one of the greatest game spaces I'd ever experienced. Something about the art style of those cavernous passages fired my imagination. I wanted to know who built those little palaces way up in the sides of the hills, over the Coliseum, and why did they live there, of all places in Middle-earth? The final boss instructions were unintelligible to me, a noob who had never seen the space... And I forgot them almost completely anyway, the second the massive doors opened, and I saw Thorlock in all of his glory. Talk about a reveal. We did not beat the Balrog that day, but I would be back. My fascination with the setting of the Rift pre-augured my love affair with Moria, still the greatest game zone of any kind I have ever seen. I was never satisfied until I had done every quest indeed, and, and knew every nook and cranny, which took years. Lastly, I will call out pressing the button in WordPress to publish my first ever podcast, which was as nerve-wracking as any in-game challenge I'd ever faced. 66 episodes later, I am still chugging along. I equate the evolution of my Lotro obsession to someone meeting the love of their life. When you first meet in our boyfriend and girlfriend, everything is new and exciting and she is all you can think about. Eventually, a ring gets involved <clears throat> and after you are married, the novelty wears off and the relationship becomes much more comfortable and familiar. Many people move on to other games to try to recapture that magic, but it's very difficult to replicate that first love and many return. The advanced stages of a Lotro relationship are still rewarding, obviously, but very different. It's a stage at which companionship can become much more important, which I think is why starting my podcast and engaging more with the community to share what I had learned and loved became a big part of my experience. Many thanks to you, Roger and Brian, for being part of that. Cheers! Brag of proprietor of LightTheBeacons.com That brings us to the 7th beacon of Halifiri, and I'm sorry we ran out of time to go over the ultimate permanent lag solution, maybe next time. It's time for blessed relief, instead I'm officially putting a little ochre colored bow on the 66th episode of Light The Beacons, so I hope you got your kicks. I would love to hear your P's, F's, R's, D's, and most of all, your CC's. You can contact me at bragsonofballon at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for Swedish Supergroup ABBA. Facebook or Twitter at Bragsonofballon, or my website at lightthebeacons.com, where you can post comments directly on the podcast. Kindly request that you take the time to create an iTunes review if perchance you're so inclined, I would very much appreciate it. If your comments forget me, then I don't know. I'll try to respond in some way. I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before. Perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle-earth. This is Brag, son of Balance, signing off. Baruch Kazad. And remember, the next time you decide to reuse content because you're a lazy, apathetic slob of a podcaster, don't despair. Light the beacons.